Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking all about a few of the things going around the community, as there's not much news other than plunder games and a couple things here and there. So let's get into it. All right. This week, I want to thank the patrons who went over to patreon.com forward slash Keelhauled Podcast to pledge their loyalty to my trading company of Keelhauled, uh, if it could be that. I don't know. Maybe it would be a, a, a Reapers uh, group since most of them like to run Reapers. But I wanted to thank out the patrons this week for uh, supporting me. You too can support. Uh, it's as low as $3. It goes up to 10 If you go into 10 you become a gold hoarder. You gain access to a special channel. Plus, we do these streams where uh, the they can meet up at the end of the month to share their concerns, questions, uh, discussion topics that they want to do at the end of the month for the patron episode. So thank you to Bentley Beaver, Chateau Neuf, Chris Horn, Cosmic Johnson, El Jefe Esteban, Trickster, Jabaro5, Kazia the Rogue, Lumpy SRQ, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Munchie, Registella, Rustbell Kid, TN Professor, Big Bad Bad, Mina Fairy Super Pack, Davrum TV, Fergatron, Straw Hat, Connor, Windsor Chris, and Zam Wow. Thank you all so much for your support. It means the world to me and this podcast is made better because of you. All right, pirates. So this week it is actually really, really kind of slow in Sea of Thieves. Not going to lie. Not a whole lot really going on to talk about, but I figured I'd bring what I've got. So uh, I wanted to start off with a really, really weird marketing campaign that came out. Uh, we've been kind of seeing like the free guy trailer for a while now. If you haven't, and you don't follow Ryan Reynolds. I'm not sure what's up. Uh, maybe maybe you just don't like him. There's something about him. He's interesting. But there's a free guy movie marketing campaign going on with Xbox. And they are doing an MPC awards. And it's been going on since July 8th. There's about a day left. And there's still under 40,000 votes in on this. Really strange. Not sure. Uh, not sure why they're doing this. But they've got a few people in here. They've got Samuel Hayden from Doom, uh, Pavardi Holcomb from uh, Outer Worlds, uh, Chief Trader Molly, and then Guy from Free Guy. And right now, Chief Trader Molly is losing. She's she's at about six point nine percent out of all the forty thousand or less than forty thousand picks, and uh, it's it's kind of weird. Um, not gonna lie it's it's weird that they picked chief trader molly i think there are a lot of other npcs that they probably could have picked for sea of thieves i'm glad that sea of thieves got picked you know if they you know picked cortana i'm sure cortana probably would be winning this whole thing the whole thing in general is just really odd uh i don't know that a lot of people played outer worlds but apparently enough of them played outer worlds to know who Pravardi is uh considering she's like one of the main npcs in the game compared to like samuel hayden who most people who've ever played uh the new dooms know who that is and uh then chief trader molly uh, who is one of many of the trading company for the merchant or one of the different uh, merchant traders um, out there. I think uh, maybe, you know, like the gold hoarder or I don't know, Flameheart could have been more interesting. Um, not to say that Molly isn't. It's just really strange. So I wanted to take a minute to kind of go back and give you guys a little bit of a rundown on who Molly is and uh, maybe why she got picked. 
So a lot of this information is going to come from the Sea of Thieves Origins book, Bonds of Union, where it talks about Molly and uh, how she found her way to the Sea of Thieves. So senior trader Molly, uh, who was originally just Molly, ended up working for the GMU or the Grand Maritime Union, who is kind of like the East India trading company in the world of Sea of Thieves, uh, but actually exists outside of the Sea of Thieves. We haven't actually seen anything from the GMU in the Sea of Thieves. And if they have, they've generally been sunk by other crews with their cargo stolen and sold off. Uh, so Molly actually started working with a lot of the, the sailors on the ships that she was with and tried to uh, work with other smaller merchants that the GMU was looking to uh, get them to sign up. So much in the same way that, uh, say, Davy Jones wanted to have pirates uh, die to get to the ferry where he would be in control to actually get them to swear uh, loyalty to the Dark Brethren court, uh, Molly was tasked with the job of getting smaller traders to join up for the GMU. Unfortunately, she didn't know how to fight and she had only worked with uh, sailors to learn how to sail. So every time that she would come into some sort of conflict, she would take what she could and learn from it. So there were a couple instances where she had been accosted by pirates and she took what she learned from them to use against different traders who felt that they would try and use their weight to um, bully Molly, but she was never the time to actually get bullied. In fact, her persistence and uh, uh, no take or taking no for an answer attitude helped gain her a lot of renown with the different uh, crews that she worked with, as well as the different trades that she uh, convinced to join the GMU, to the point where her superiors actually saw it as a boon and offered her a position as a junior trader aboard a fleet of GMU ships that were looking to set sail for the Sea of Thieves. Knowing nothing about this job or the place that they were heading she joined up with the crew as the junior trader and started to study all of the maps when she finally realized that all of the maps were warning her about this place called the devil's shroud she realized that the only way to navigate this uh, eye through a needle was to bring the ships and its fleet into single file. She brought this to the attention of her superiors and they laughed her off, telling her that it was ridiculous that the GMU would ever expose their flanks to an oncoming attack by singing single file through this devil's shroud and that no fog would be of any concern to the GMU. Within seconds of entering the devil's shroud, they realized that not only was their lead ship too wide and too tall to to make it through the shroud but the entire fleet started to be ripped to shreds by the fog and molly can steer, still hear the screams as uh, she sleeps at night so working with her crew she managed to patch up the holes and bring down the sails just in time to be able to get her ship barely through the shroud only to be greeted by pirates. Unfortunately, with meeting this pirate crew and their captain, the senior traders aboard started to boast their status with the GMU, saying, you pirates clearly have no concept of whom you're speaking to. If you lay so much as one of your dirty hooks on our cargo, you'll find yourselves being hunted by the Grand Maritime Union. Well, unfortunately, at that moment, the senior traders had no concept that the entire fleet had been destroyed by the devil shroud molly the senior traders and the rest of the crew were then attacked by the pirate ship who had just been taunted by the two senior traders and the gmu was now lost in the sea of thieves 
The pirates had taken all the supplies and cargo off of the ship and had scuttled it, leaving the senior trader and Molly to a rowboat to swim to or to get to the nearest island, whilst the rest of the crew joined up on the pirate ships and were no longer part of the GMU. During the first night of Sea of Thieves for Molly, she woke to find out that the senior traders had taken the supplies food and only rowboat that was left and left her stranded on this island only to be found by a couple of pirates and a brigantine who'd sailed by she explained her situation to them and they allowed her to join promising that she would pull her weight they taught her how to do things and gave her an opportunity to prove herself as a pirate only to find themselves in a tavern where they came across a couple crewmates from the gmu with this knowledge in hand she told them that there's a lot to be earned if they could find their way to this pirate ship galleon who had all of their cargo and take it to the original buyers the original buyers did come through and paid for all of the cargo that was stolen from the pirate captain for back to molly and her crew and he thanked them for their expedience as part of the gmu where molly then corrected them that this was not part of the gmu but something better and this is when the merchant alliance was formed she quickly realized that the skills and lessons that she had learned as a trader in the gmu has given her an opportunity to bring some stability to the sea of thieves in a world where you're fighting against people cursed with gold curses and order of souls witches giving you voyages to hunt down skeletons the gmu was not present and the merchant alliance could offer trade routes and secure passage for supplies for pirates in the Sea of Thieves, as well as other merchants. Now, with multiple senior traders across the different outposts in the Sea of Thieves, the Merchant Alliance has grown and earned the renown that the Gold Hoarders and Order of Souls have held in regard for quite some time. And thanks to Molly's quick work with the different traders, uh, we now have things like supply crates, cannonball crates, uh, fruit crates, plank crates, all those things are now available to us. It is no longer the just a trading company designed to travel uh, around to gather different animals and bring them to the Merchant Alliance. We are now ferrying commodity crates, silks, teas, all kinds of different things, ores, into and out of the Sea of Thieves, thanks to the merchant traders. An interesting note about Molly is she does happen to have some beef or some ire with senior trader uh, Mavis, who's over at Golden Sands Outpost. Uh, Mavis is specifically the type of trader who likes to uh, go with speed over service, whereas Molly likes to keep up the front of making sure that pirates are taken care of and treated well, and that service is important to keeping things uh, clear and concise. She's the one that speaks for the Merchant Alliance, but the Merchant Alliance is also a committee, and they do have to vote on things if they are to have things uh, agreed upon for the Merchant Alliance. As it is, this is about as far as the Merchant Alliance trading company goes in the Sea of Thieves. Uh, there's not much story to be really hashed out from them and maybe in the future we'll start to actually get a little bit more of that we've seen 
doing some of that with the lost shipment voyages where we're starting to get more information about how ships are actually being attacked. And thanks to a Sea of Thieves trivia news uh, Tuesday, we did find out that some of these ships that are lost out in the seas are not actually by what is written in the journal, but by the sirens that are now out hunting these ships. With regard to the NPC awards, it feels strange that to have senior trader Molly, someone who has enough story to give them, uh, give people a background on who she is and why she's interesting, but definitely not nearly as much as some of the other characters in Sea of Thieves, especially given the novel, which has Lorena or Ramses, Rathbone, even Mercia, uh, plenty of characters that I think would have been really good to bring into uh, this kind of a, a vote. It's all for fun, but it's one of those weird things where I kind of wish that we had maybe had Ramses uh, or the Gold Hoarder, someone who's had figures or actual uh, statues made of them so that that recognition is there for uh, this actual award. Um, granted, I don't think I've ever seen any uh, statues or, or figures of Samuel Hayden or Pravardi Holcomb. And if you have a, a Guy uh, Ryan Reynolds statue, I would like to see a picture of that because it would be really interesting. Uh, no Deadpool, that doesn't count. That's it as far as the news goes for uh, the MPC awards. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of news outside of that, but I did want to get into ledgers. Real quick, I did want to remind everyone that season three is still going on. We're about seven weeks out from the season four premiere. Uh, we don't really know a whole lot about what is going to be brought into that season, but we've been living with a pirate's life now for a few weeks, uh, actually probably six weeks at this point. So we're halfway there. Uh, I did want to bring up ledgers because they have reset. It is the beginning of August. And if you're listening to this, make sure that you take some time to go into your emissary system and take a look and see what rewards you have left to earn. Each season is going to bring a new group of cosmetics and each month is going to give you a new opportunity for you to earn these cosmetics. So with July, if you missed out on any of these ledgers, you can still earn the same cosmetics without fear of getting too behind on what the cosmetics are during August and September. Again, there's seven weeks left in this season. So like myself, I managed to get all of them except for Reapers. Thanks to uh, Pirate's Life Tall Tales, I've done practically nothing except play through these Tall Tales multiple, multiple times to try and get every bit of lore that I can and piece together the story that is a pirate's life and how it's going to relate to the rest of the Sea of Thieves game uh, before we find out what's going on. So while I didn't get any of my Reaper's cosmetics this month, I'm going to be using August as my way to earn reputation through the ledger system, purely running as a Reaper emissary to earn the uh, title, cannon, and wheel for these rewards. I've earned them for the Gold Hoarders as well as the Order of Souls uh, and uh, Athena's Fortune and Merchant Alliance, and they all look amazing. I actually really like them all. I think they're doing great. The Athena's Fortune one is interesting because that was one where we have been earning the uh, weapons for those, and I'm very curious to find out 
if we are going to be getting into the actual equipment. Uh, this month, or this season, I should say, was the Blunderbuss and uh, Legendary Spirit Eye of Reach, whereas last, I believe, it was the Sword and Flintlock Pistol. We don't know what the next set of cosmetics are going to be, but again, we still have seven weeks to be able to earn those in two different settings. So the, the August 1st through August 31st are going to be the next set. So remember, if you missed out last month and you still have rewards to earn, you can use this month in September to work on getting those. With that, I wanted to ask how everyone feels about the ledger system. With emissary rewards coming now with each season, it's nice to know that they aren't leaving this system in the dust and they've given a clear uh, set of instructions for how we can earn these cosmetics and a little bit of buffer with them. It's something I think is drastically needed with the insiders situation right now. Uh, if you're not getting into the insiders and doing your hour a week, you are constantly behind and there's no way to have a makeup mechanic uh, the way that we used to when insiders first went live. If you did an hour in Sea of Thieves and you were behind, you could sail for multiple hours in insiders and earn up to the current available rewards. Unfortunately, this doesn't really uh, make people want to actually jump into insiders for more than their hour which means they probably aren't going to get enough time to really test out some of the things that are going on in there, as most people will do something that they know they can work on for about an hour, and then when they're done, they leave. I'm hoping that in the near future, see if the user Rare will take a look at the Insider system and apply more of the uh, current system with the emissaries and the ledgers to be able to give players more opportunity to earn the cosmetics that are available in there and give us a way to catch up the way that the ledger system is set up. So for example, with uh, August, I'll be working on Reapers, whereas in the last few days of July, thanks to Caleb and a few others, I managed to eke just into the top tier for the rest of the factions to make sure that I earned those reputation rewards or not reputation rewards, ledger rewards. Speaking of rewards, just a reminder that Twitch drops are starting on the 13th of August. That is right as the Plunder Games ends. And I wanted to take a minute just to kind of go back in and mention again that the Plunder Games are still going. Uh, I wanted to find out from you if you all liked the plunder games. Um, so far, I've gotten a few of these knocked out. I haven't really been focusing on them because the reward is purely gold. Uh, and while 10,000 gold is nice, it's not necessarily a make or break deal on that. So things like uh, ringing in the opening ceremony with a beacon or hitting the bell atop the glorious sea dogs tavern or uh, killing three skeletons at once by detonating a nearby gunpowder skeleton or uh, killing a megalodon. Things like that are, are really easy to do. Right now, the current opening for one is uh, play a shanty aboard your ship as you and your vessel sink below the waves in unison. Uh, we still have Fryathon, which is to kill three skeletons uh, or, or unleash the power of flame and burn three skeletons at once using a firebomb or chest of rage. Uh, the next one after that, that starts on August 3rd, that is sprint and leap across islands until you locate and defeat an Ashen Guardian. Something that I actually found the other day while I was sailing around uh, doing missions for the ledger positions. Then on August 4th, you have hurling, which is with all your strength, hurl a bucket of vomit over an enemy pirate brandishing a sword. Then on August 5th, you have chest relay, pass the baton by handing a treasure chest over to another crew and having them turn it in. 
Then there's the August 6th uh, challenge, which is run and jump or swim for loot until you have five chests hoarded at once. Very easy to do. Then on August 7th, you have ascend to a skeleton throne or a large throne alongside another crew and sit down. Then on the last day on August 8th, celebrate the end of the plunder games by drinking with another crew while at an outpost. And those are all available uh, by the end of August and you have till August 16th to actually complete those, which means that the next Twitch drops should be ending around the same time because I believe there are three or four different cosmetics that are starting on the 13th for that. Overall, these plunder games are not very compelling. Uh, I think that they're easy enough to finish for the majority of them and the reward of gold doesn't really compel me to jump out there and go do them on purpose. Uh, if I happen to come across them, I think it'll be a little bit easier. I know when I was sailing around with Caleb yesterday, we were doing Athena Thieves Haven runs and the gunpowder skeleton one was actually a lot simpler, uh, but with the added threat of having crustaceans and ghosts, it was kind of tough to make sure that the for example, giant crab crustaceans didn't accidentally explode the gunpowder skeletons if they happened to be around. We had to make sure we had stayed on top of the crustaceans so that they weren't uh, spawning or staying uh, on the island while we were trying to get things done. Ahoy there, pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any to VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer or you'd like to save money on games, it's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time and if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and I continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you. With that pirates, let's get back to the show. There was a quick little fundraiser that happened with Sea of Thieves. Um, this was kind of weird because it kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, we got word on July 31st, which hopefully if you're paying attention to the Sea of Thieves uh, Twitter, as well as I believe Instagram, you may have seen this and had an opportunity to do it. If you're listening to the podcast now, unfortunately, it's too late. But the Twycross, which if you're not familiar, is a town in England uh, where the Rare Studios uh, happens to have its home at, it has a conservation work uh, going on. And they were doing a fundraiser for the, uh, the Twycross Zoo charity. Uh, the proceeds go to them purely. And this was something that they were looking to do just to try and earn some profit for the Twycross uh, Zoo. And to do so, all you had to do was during the weekend of July 31st to August 
list first, uh, purchase a pet or any pet accessory, and all of the proceeds would go to the Twycross Zoo. Uh, I went in and picked up one of the cats that I hadn't had in a while. Uh, thankfully, when I was out sailing and grinding a ledger position with Caleb, uh, we came across a couple ancient skellies, and that put me up just above some of the remainder ancient coins that I had to be able to afford a cat. Unfortunately, uh, I didn't have enough to purchase any accessories, and I'm kind of bummed out because actually what happened this weekend was when I was going out and doing different things, I happened to be sailing with Trickster, who's actually in the Discord and a prominent member on Twitter. And while we were sailing around doing merchants, we were uh, greeted by a brig who was in an alliance. They asked if we would be willing to join them, and since they kind of had us uh, in an on inopportune moment, I agreed to the alliance without any kind of huss. Uh, they were running Ash and Athena's for the, the weekend to try and get into the ledger position as we were running Merchant. It didn't feel like there was any conflict and I agreed to join their alliance. The cool thing was is that while we were sailing around dropping off cargo crates and delivering uh, merchant goods, we were giving them a constant earning uh, revenue and they appreciated that by giving us a couple Ash and Athena's. And the Ash and Athena's were just enough to tip me over from 19 to 20 in Athena's fortune. And I managed to get my title. I managed to get the uh, sword for Athena 20. And I got access to the pirate legend, cat, dog, monkey, all the different little cosmetics that they can afford. And I'm just barely shy of enough ancient coin to be able to pick up a really adorable pirate legend uh, outfit for my cats. And I wanted to ask you because uh, I had this question brought up to me, and I believe it was Caleb while we were sailing around, if I still use a lot of my pets. And if it was uh, Caleb, I'm, I thank you. If it was Trickster, I'm sorry if I if I misremember, but I've been sailing a lot this weekend. So I'm trying to remember who I had a conversation with and what it was about. But I remember the question came up if I still used my pets. And my, my initial response was no, because I genuinely love my pets. But the problem is, is when they get under your feet and you pick them up instead of picking up the thing that you're trying to do. Say you're trying to get onto a cannon and you accidentally pick up your monkey. It's kind of frustrating. So generally, I just leave them out in the in the pirate or, or the pet chest so that they aren't getting underneath my feet when I'm trying to do something important. As much as I love them, I wish that there was uh, a way for me to have them stay in one place, aside from specifically picking them up and putting them on the railing or on a post or somewhere in the ship. And I kind of wish that they did their own thing and didn't trail behind me every time I went running around somewhere. Hopefully this uh, fundraiser went well and that the Twycross uh, Zoo charity has earned enough to uh, take care of the, the animals that are over at that zoo. Uh, there's been a few times where I've actually used Google Maps to zoom in and check out the area around, around tri, uh, Twycross. I don't know why I'm having trouble with that. Uh, it, just to kind of check out the rare studios and just kind of get a feel for how much area they have. And I did notice that they have a zoo over there and I'm really curious for some of my fellow friends over in England in that area. How is the zoo? What is it like? Because it's a really interesting thing that I'm always conflicted about. You know, I'm always conflicted about having zoos uh, where animals are kept in, in cages and they, you know, I, I hope that they're living a good life. But I also know that the, the joy of taking care of animals and taking care of the world comes from having that, that relationship or having that, that opportunity as a child to go see a zoo and see these different animals that you normally wouldn't be able to get to see 
in real life. And that breeds an imp- ins- that inspires them to actually go out and actually help try and take care of the world and these animals that are so rare to, to certain areas of the world. And we don't really ever get to see them. So if you've been there, I'd be interested to hear how it was. Uh, and hopefully this helps them in the future. Speaking of animals and Chief Trader Molly, uh, I figured now would be a good time to talk about something that came out back on July 23rd. Uh, last week's episode, I had Dread Pirate Doug on with me, and it didn't feel like a good thing to bring up with him just because I wanted to make sure everyone was kind of focusing on the Race of Legends stuff. But last uh, last week, we got a video that came out just before the weekend on the 23rd called Gatas, the Untold Story, a Sea of Thieves story. And this is a, a machinima that was created um, from some folks in France and they did an amazing job. It's on YouTube with some English subtitles if you don't know French. And it's one of the things that I love about uh, Machinima. When communities come together, they have a story and they want to tell the story and they want to use the game to do it. Now, this was pretty amazing because I don't know how they managed to do it unless they had access to a private server because uh, everything seemed very planned, very organized, and they had a lot of people helping out. And I actually really appreciated that. But they took uh, one pirate and kind of used them as the camera person. And from their perspective, were able to tell the story of Gatas. And it was a really amazing story. It's about a 16 minute long uh, animatic. And if you get some time, sit down, watch it. It's really heartfelt. It's really uh, kind of lighthearted. It's just, it's a beautiful story about a, a, a man who uh, is at the Arena Sea Dog Tavern and he finds himself on an unexpected journey, something that is kind of the essence of Sea of Thieves. And while there are some uh, bad guys in it and uh, some some friends made uh, it all ends at a happy ending which I absolutely love so um, please take some time go watch this uh, I know there's a bunch of community members that have been out there doing their own thing I know um, let's see nerd propellant is creating light boxes with the reapers mark uh, that I'm going to be picking up happy kraken x just put out a new song uh, mute flame heart and uh, tons of other community members doing some really awesome stuff out there so Make sure you're getting out there and checking out YouTube, checking out Twitter and seeing what's out there for, for folks to do. Uh, it was really happy to see that the uh, SOT shot contest was a big success. There's a lot of great ones out there. They've got a new one out that actually is uh, directed towards the plunder games aspect. The theme starts uh, uh, or the deadline is August 11th and the theme is competitive Corsairs. So for marksmanship to drinking contests, mark the plunder games event by using hashtag SOT shot and at Sea of Thieves uh, to show us your pirate proving their particularly or particular proficiency 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 so get out there think of something that would be nice uh some of the things that i have seen out there are uh things like uh, shooting ranges being used to do marksman rewards um there was one group that actually set up a bunch of gems to create different tracks and uh have a a, a running contest with a harpoon being used as the finishing line um just some really awesome pirates doing some really well thought out uh, stories out there so if you can think of an idea that you want to do get out there do it in a competitive uh, uh, nature for the theme of the actual sea of thieves thing and try and get one of those golden hour sales again that ends on august 11th 
All right, Pirates. Well, there's not much else going on in the world of Sea of Thieves as far as news goes. So I figured I would respond to a couple questions uh, that I asked for in the Keelhauled Podcast Discord. So uh, I asked if anyone had any questions or anything that was going on. People's Republic and Deadeye Dre responded. Uh, People's Republic asked uh, thoughts on the future of Flameheart versus Captain, Sirens versus Mermaids, and is Stitcher Jim dead? And Deadeye Dre asked, is Stitcher Jim a free agent and is he still around? So I thought this would be a good opportunity to kind of share some thoughts on uh, Stitcher Jim. Um, he has been absent for quite a while since the Heart of Fire, and I think there's going to be an interesting uh, kind of culmination of Stitcher Jim. Uh, I think they've saved him from the Dark Brethren court to really kind of act as the Darth Vader for Flameheart Sr. Uh, given the nature of what the Chest of Rage was intended to do and to bring back the Ashen Lords, uh, I think Flameheart has found his champion in the form of Stitcher Jim, one of his most loyal uh, subjects as as such, uh, given that he uh, actually broke away from the Gold Hoarder to follow Flameheart thanks to the uh, Chest of wondrous secrets uh, or box of wondrous secrets not chest it's not actually a chest and i think what's going to happen is we're going to see stitcher jim again i don't know how soon because i i still feel like there is some uh story to be told with these sirens um especially given the combination of flame heart killing the siren king uh in in my words not not rares um, and them wanting to take back some of their land. Uh, we've killed the mermaid queen. Flameheart, in my mind, has killed the king. The sirens at this point are probably very upset, and we don't really have a way to communicate with them. And as such, I think we're going to need help from the mermaids. I think the mermaids are going to be the the people that we can use to help kind of uh, deal with the, the sirens in some cases. Uh, I don't know if we're ever going to be uh, not fighting with the sirens because they are a new enemy threat and I think Rare wants to keep things that way. So I don't know if we're going to ever see any kind of uh, relationship building with the sirens the way we have with the merfolk. So I think what we're going to see is Stitcher Jim being the person that we have to defeat. Uh, I think that Stitcher Jim is going to be trying to resurrect Flameheart. I think he's going to be trying to bring his soul back into a corporeal form in Sea of Thieves so that uh, Flameheart Sr. can then rule the Sea of Thieves uh, and take back uh, the, the Sea of Thieves for his own. And I think Stitcher Jim is going to be the thing that we have to do to stop that. I think that that will be a tall tale in and of itself. And I'm hoping that they go in a very elaborate style and that they actually make it a fight that feels very akin to the Gold Hoarder or the uh, Tall Tale 4 in A Pirate's Life where we do have a nice elaborate fight kind of built out and strategized and that we have a couple uh, Tall Tales before that to kind of track down Stitcher Jim and find out what's been going on with him, what does he look like now, and how that will persist in the world because at the moment, nowhere in Sea of Thieves is his model. He is completely gone from the game, and as such, I think that he is going to be brought back in the future in a way that will uh, show just like how he's transformed. And he's going to be trying to bring back Flameheart in a, in, a, in a form that can actually command a ship. And as such, we will probably have to fight uh, the Burning Blade ship itself and then bring Stitcher Jim uh, to his his demise for sure and with that i think that that will put to rest the flameheart story i still have high hopes that flameheart jr will appear at some point and that we'll actually be able to uh, have him help us 
deal with that. I, I still want him as a good guy because it would make sense given his nature on how he wants to come to the Sea of Thieves. Uh, Flameheart Jr. wanted to, to be a pirate and to, to join the ranks of esteemed legends like his father. I don't think that he knew what his father was, and I think he wants to be the pirate that everyone in Sea of Thieves generally wants to be, uh, minus like the, the hardcore of hardcore uh, reapers that that just want to uh, try and take over the world if Flameheart's not going to do it or if uh, Davy Jones is not going to do it. I would be really interested to find out if uh, my original thoughts on how Flameheart Sr. will be the kind of mad dog that goes on the attack towards the Brethren Court. It definitely seems like Wanda and uh, Flameheart are going to be at odds, which would definitely make sense for why there are ghosts fighting skeletons on the islands. Uh, I really like that the... <laughs> I can't remember what we were doing. I think we were running away from some skeletons and some ghosts appeared the other day and we were carrying crates and uh, we just wanted to get back to the actual ship and uh, the ghosts appeared out of nowhere and then started attacking the skeletons and then we were just completely ignored at that point. And I actually kind of really like that because it, it does kind of give you that sense of like, you know, this world does have more in it that's uh, really kind of random and you can never really plan on things. And that spontaneity uh, adds for some some fun flavor to stories, uh, even though I know Caleb hates stories. So I hope for things like that. Um, it would be interesting to find out like where the world is going to go. I really hope that they plan on bringing in more Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. Uh, I know that there were some people uh, that liked and didn't like the whole Peter Pan story coming to Sea of Thieves. I think a lot of people were like, no, nah, that'd be okay. Or no, not really. Or yes, definitely. Uh, and it'd be nice to know like how most people feel about more stories coming that are in the Disney pantheon of IMP versus just having Pirates of the Caribbean stories told in Sea of Thieves and if those stories will then be brought to the rest of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise because if I'm being honest I would love to have Disney uh, do a purely Disney plus story of Sea of Thieves as like a show. And I think the last thing that I can really cover is uh, some feedback that I got from Fluffy Sheep in the Discord that did let me know that uh, they, they let me know that basically the riddles given uh, by Ashen Guardians uh, just drop the Ashen Treasure Chests. They don't really give uh, Chests of Rage. So genuinely, the easiest way to get a Chest of Rage for the Plunder Games uh, contest is going to be probably from an Ashen Lord. Uh, they're not too hard to get nowadays. If you go in there, just kind of kill them. One of those will spawn up and it won't be too tough for you. Uh, I've also seen them drop from Megalodons, which I was kind of surprised about. And with that, I think uh, I would love to see parts of ships actually come in from the, the Megalodon. Now that we have debris for the lost shipment voyages, I'd love to have more random stuff end up in Megalodons, kind of like that scene out of Jaws where he pulled the uh, license plate from the car out of the, the shark that they had gotten. Uh, but I think that's going to do it. It's a super, super short episode this week. Again, super sorry that I don't have a whole lot more to really cover. And without someone uh, next to me kind of chatting about Sea of Thieves, uh, I don't really have a way to stretch out. out. So nice tight episode this uh, this week. Hopefully you guys don't mind. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's there if you want it. If not, head back to old episodes. And uh, we'll see about getting some other content out later this week or just for the next episode. Uh, I do have a few guests that I'm reaching out to. So when I know for sure when they're going to be i'll see if i can uh, pose in the discord uh if you guys have any questions for them and then have those for the episode as well too so uh pirates 
Thank you. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can do so lots of ways. You can always hit me up on uh, Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. The, the email for the podcast is C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. That's Logan at gmail.com. And otherwise, just head over to the uh, Discord. Um, it's been a great place to meet up with other people, to help out with ledgers, or to get d- different things done. Um, I just kicked up a new channel in there for Halo Infinite. Uh, I had a really good time this last week. Uh, working on uh, see if these ledgers and then trying to squeeze in a couple bot matches on the technical uh, preview that they were doing for Halo Infinite. That game is going to be a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie that I had a really, really good time. I probably spent about six hours uh, during the, the time that it's alive, uh, just jumping in there and killing people. And they even enabled the PVP for a few hours, which was really, really surprising to realize just how good they are compared to the bots. Um, so hopefully you guys are having fun. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it. There's a ton of stuff on Game Pass, so keep an eye out for different things to play. Uh, I've been jumping into the Ascent as well as Death Store and Flight Simulator. So a ton of stuff to actually check out. It was great to play with uh, a lot of the members of the Keelhauled community this weekend, whether it be on Sea of Thieves or the Ascent. And hopefully we can do some of that in the future. But Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you. I love you and look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. adventure yeah do you like laughing uh, yeah would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember um excellent you're going to love committee quest we play D in the world of amaran we use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community we also have a sweet synthwave backing track come and join us on our adventure volume one has been completed volume two coming the end of january You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. 
and so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.